So welcome to the first Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. Um, I'm going to be hosting a little series for, well, the foreseeable future, really. Let's see how we get on. But right now, I'm sitting on Salinas Beach, just opposite the Jockey Club. Some very amusing Spanish men who seem to have uh, taken over the Chiringuito pirate style and they're doing some sort of wine tasting in there it looks like. Either that or there's just a bunch of old climbers taking advantage of the fact that they can just use that space um, for the time being to maybe have a little party. You have to admire that really so it did make me chuckle as I walked over here to record this by the lapping waves. I've just been hiking over Captus Falco uh, with a lovely group of friends this morning already. It's only about midday we got up and met at sunrise and took a gorgeous schlep over those five incredible peaks that have been christened all sorts of names including one that's not so savory and nothing i could repeat on here i just say it just never gets boring really hiking in ibiza it's uh, one of those indulgent pastimes that you know you can take three or four hours out of your day on a regular basis to get your movement medicine in the can whether that be before you start work in the morning or yeah at sunset it's just such a nice way to reset and to get involved in the ragged and rugged beauty that this island has to offer so i've been living here for four years i used to work as a music journalist in london and moved to brighton after that teaching yoga and setting up some retreats which is basically when i ended up coming out here and giving my very first retreat and having spent all my time as a music journalist coming over here to make documentaries for the rocks and also to interview artists and cover a few gigs it seemed rude not to really run my first ever foreign yoga retreat in Ibiza so that's exactly what I did and I met I met a man and we went to the Healing Ibiza Festival together. His name was Arun. He was a yoga teacher, another English man. We spent a little bit of time hanging out and he introduced me to a side of the island I just didn't know existed. And it was in that moment of hanging out with Arun that I realized that this was a place I wanted to move. Um, I'd been considering a move from England for a while, but I'm a bit of a fair weather friend. <laughs> if anyone that knows me used to call me Judith Chalmers, the kind of permatan Brighton member that would take advantage of any sniff of sunshine to go and photosynthesize like a plant. It was definitely a big decision moving out here, but it was definitely one of the best I've ever made. And in that moment of meeting Arun and finding out what it was like to live here and teach yoga and be involved in the whole wellness world here, it just amused and amazed me and it just felt very real and I just thought well you know I could carry on teaching yoga in England cycling around down the seafront visiting my private clients getting between classes in the howling rain and the roaring wind or I could just pack my bags and just try it for one summer and see how I get on and it was definitely the best decision and one of the first people that I met that also enhanced and enriched that experience of my first summer here was Toby Clark, who's today's guest on our first Reset Rebel podcast. And I joined some of his community walks and met the island residents, the people that here all throughout the slightly less sunny season. Although you say that, but I'm sitting here and it's February and it's I'm like soaking up the vibes and the sunshine and the rays today and probably well, it's probably like 20 degree heat. There's um, some naked swimmers off to my right and some dog walkers and these uh, guys getting drunk behind me in the jockey club. So, you know, winter here is magic. And going on those walks and meeting all of the amazing people that do know how gorgeous it is to be here and hang out in wintertime was just an incredible way to connect to the people I'm still friends with now, really. Um, but joining Toby's round the island walk on day one, past this very spot I'm sitting in after a nice cold Kenya at Satrincha, 
It was the very first little stop-off we made after trudging from Ibiza town with all of our food and water and clothes and tent and sleeping mat and 15 kilos worth of uh, gear on this 12-day adventure, his very first walk around the island. And it was an opportunity for me to really see the island in all its splendour. And it was impossible not to fall in love. It was uh, the start of a love affair that's still ongoing for me with this island and with this rugged and ragged and beauty. It is just the most beautiful island. Uh, and if you're into hiking, you're into the outdoor life, you're into resetting yourself on a daily basis and plunging yourself into the forest and getting lost and probably finding a lot more about yourself in, in reply, I feel, yeah, that was a good move. I'm absolutely delighted. Toby Clark, one of the original Reset Rebels, really, on this island. A man who was born and bred here. Yeah, a man who I considered to be a very good friend, and I met him my very first few weeks here from joining one of his walks, and uh, we've remained firm friends ever since. So thank you for listening. It gives me great pleasure now to be joined by the man himself. Don't go away. just arrived at the uh, beautiful casa that belongs to Mr. Walkies, as we've christened you, uh, for today's podcaster, aka Toby Cuck. Welcome to the first ever edition of the Reset <laughs> Rebel, and I'm just being attacked by one of your creatures. Yes, um, welcome to my house and the cats and the dogs, and the cat's taken a particular liking to your lead, thinking it's a play, play toy, I think. I often get mistaken for a play toy. <laughs> no comment. I was just about to say this is an interesting way to kick off this podcast, surrounded by uh, yeah, crazy cats on your couch. Yeah, I've got three cats with equally weird names. I chose the one called Tanit, of course. But Sparkle and Twinkle, I did not choose their names. Are you sure, Toby? They sound very manly and just like the sort of name that you would come up with. No, definitely not. And I, re- I rebelled when my daughter, I think my daughter and Belinda chose the names, but they, they stuck. Yeah. Uh, you, you sort of lost, really, basically. The, the ladies won. Yeah, so I've got Tanit, and, Tanit the cat and Cosmo the dog, uh, my two names. So for people who don't live on Ibiza, they don't know what Tanit is. Tell us a little bit about that. Tanit is the, the goddess of Ibiza, and she was brought over here by the Phoenicians many, many, many moons ago. And she set, they sort of brought her here to worship her. And she's an interesting goddess because she's the goddess of sex, death, and fertility. And just to mix it up a little bit more, she's also the goddess of war. So she's a busy lady, but they actually worshipped her on the island here. And there's a shrine to Tanit, which you can go and visit and then go inside the shrine and, and leave an offering. And one of the very uh, most popular offerings that you go there, you will find condoms there, still in their packets. With a, and they, well, that's, that's, uh, that's the good news. <laughs> that's the good news. But don't take them thinking you might be able to use them because you'll find a pin through them. Because she's the goddess of fertility, so women take, take, them, take the condoms there and put them there with a pin through them, hoping they're going to get pregnant. And of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. Of course they do. Yeah. Have you been part of that? Definitely not, no. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's good to know. <laughs> I have always wondered, actually, because I've always, um, well, one of my, my retreats that I used to run, my yoga retreats, was up on the same hill um, as the as the shrine. And I always called her the goddess of love, but I didn't know that there was uh, a few other elements thrown in the mix there. Yeah, she's a, a, a um, an interesting goddess because she's, she's everything to do with life. So from fertility to um, bring up the baby and looking after the mum. Then, of course, um, we all like to go to war. The world seems obsessed with going to war, so we go off to war to sort things out there. So she encompasses everything that's, that's needed in life. So she's quite interesting. But what I actually really like, and is really linked to Ibiza, is Bez. So Tanit was the female goddess they brought, but they also brought the male goddess Bez, B-E-S or B-E-Z. And I think that's where the man from the Happy Mondays got his name, but I haven't actually had it confirmed. <laughs> because Bez is unbelievably the god of dance. And he was brought here over 2,000 years ago. So Ibiza's been the island of dance 
for over 2,000 years, not just... He's looking good for 2,000 years old. Who <laughs> <laughs> bears from the Happy Mondays. Well, he, or... <laughs> he does look a little bit uh, antiquated. <clears throat> true, true. So no, this Bez actually, if you ever go, you'll, you can find little figurines of Bez the God. And he's a short, tubby little man that generally walks around with his penis hanging out. And he's always smiling. <laughs> I bet he's always smiling. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? And you can actually buy the little figurines and people do look at them and go, what the hell is that? But once it's explained, they go, oh, yeah, 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 I can, I can see Bez, the, the dancing man there. I love that about Ibiza. If you, if you explain these things well enough, you can get away with giving someone sort of like a, yeah, a footloose and fancy free swinging dancing <laughs> willing. Very true, yeah, and sell them in the souvenir shops and people are going, okay. For five million pounds. Well, I wish. No, I'd be making them if they were that <laughs> expensive. <laughs> there is there is um, a lot of places here, though, called after talent, including, you know, um, a beach club bar and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, people here are, um, I think by their very nature, not just because of the, the goddess, they're, they're into this love vibe. It's a big thing here, isn't it? Into the love vibe. Um, isn't that just called getting drunk and um, having your way with someone? <laughs> well, you can call it whatever you like, Toby. But I'd say, you know, there's, you know, I guess because obviously Ibiza is, it's got a bit of a hippie thing about it. There's a lot of like uh, spirituality that goes on on this island that probably isn't uh, as well publicised, I guess, as the as the other side of the island, which again, yeah, of course it goes hand in hand. But there is a lot of people here with a more conscious community and a kind of wellness crowd going on here, which is obviously part and parcel of what we are at going to get around to talking at some point too about today about your walking uh, walking business but you know it, it is a big scene here yeah I suppose it has been for many many years I suppose starting back with I wasn't around obviously when Tanit was here in the initial days but people do have a if you're from here and I was lucky enough to be born here but you you get people that live here a long time and you, they do absolutely fall in love with it Ibiza's you either come here and you fall in love with it and you get it and you will come back every year for the rest of your life or you'll come here once and go, that's a load of bollocks, and off you go, and you never come back. But it's it's one of the great statistics I love about Ibiza is that it's the mo- has the most loyal tourists of any other place in the world, meaning that more people come back again a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, sixth time than anywhere else on the planet, which just is astounding to me. So that's how that's the draw it's got, the magnetism that it's got. That once you've got, once you get it and you understand it, you will just keep coming back here, and people come here and think, hey, I'm just gonna stay for a couple of weeks and then they come back the next year and then they buy a house here and then they come back you know every couple of weeks and then a lot of people move here as well I'm pretty sure the other statistic and I don't actually have this down as, a, as an actual fact but I'm pretty sure that the amount of missed flights leaving this island um, I'm sure if we rang up EasyJet or, uh, or Ryan Unfair as I like to call them um, they would probably have some good stats on, on missed return flights because you know the amount of people that have missed their plane that I know that have you know left space like with all these good intentions still you know having a good time and haven't actually been back on the podium by my side within about three hours because they haven't actually made it they fell asleep in the taxi or something i'm guessing you probably have added to that statistic joe you must have missed your flight (laughs) i'm sure you have i've actually i actually have missed a flight on purpose when i was younger here partying not i can't remember where the hell i was but i um it was getting towards the time when i was gonna have to leave and go and get my suitcase from my apartment and i was having such a good time i just said i'm sorry i'm not going and just didn't go for the flight. So, and that actually is a true, a true statistic even, that more people miss their pre-booked flights here than any other place in the world. Mm. So it's quite weird how people don't even want to leave here. Well, I can see how that could happen on the on the Love Island because, uh, you know, what's the other great reason that a lot of people don't fly home is because they basically meet someone, fall in love, and just fancy an extra few days or weeks or, or even months maybe or decide to move here, a bit like we did. Yeah, totally, and... It is, um, I suppose, the, the love carried on to the hippies coming over here in the, in the 60s and 70s, very much free love and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's still going on now. You know, I'm, I'm not in that scene anymore. Mm. But I'm sure there's a lot of free love going on out there with the, the, young, the youngsters that come here. There is, definitely. And you've chopped your hair off now, so you can't be part of that gang anymore. <laughs> It's a little bit shorter, and and you're too old to be part of that gang now, Joe. So, <laughs> um, I think that's that's a bit harsh, but you know, uh, <laughs> typical coming from you. That's exactly why we wanted to uh, make you our very first guest, actually, on this podcast. We like a bit of uh, realism to kick kick things off and start as we mean to go on. Oh, bring you back, de- bring you back down to earth, Joe. <laughs> Realize you can't party like you used to. Well, exactly, and that's this, the exact premise of all of this, isn't it? It's uh, you know, a lot of us that have moved here and missed those flights or decided to come back and, and reside here 
uh, which both of us do, and obviously you were born and bred here, but it is one of those places that, um, for the most part, and uh, for a lot of the wellness community that do live here and work here and, and practice what they preach to a certain degree, they are people that have been in the music industry or had a connection with that music world that is the most prevalent part of this island. And I feel like, that. well, that's definitely how I found it anyway. Um, is that a connection that you can kind of relate to? I can do, I think, probably because of the, the clients and the people that come on the walks. So I think I'm absolutely blessed to do what I do. But I get absolutely all sorts of clients on my walks from you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones from Council Estate and they come on a walk with me and it's their most their highlight of the week and they've really been saving all year to come on a walk with me and it's their special highlight of the week to music, people in the music industry, artists, piss artists, um, <laughs> lovers, all those sort of things, billionaires, millionaires and all that. So I really do see right the way across the board. And I also see that nowadays I'm seeing that the people who used to party really, really hard, like some of the, the famous DJs and the people that came here and party seven days a week, they've realized they can't do it anymore because if they do party seven days a week, it basically kills them. You know, if, if we go out for a night, it takes us a week to recover now from a, a heavy night out, so I hardly ever go out and do that sort of thing anymore. And it's lovely to see those people that want to because you're out. old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get the jibes back in yeah. now. It's my turn. One, one, one nil. <laughs> no, it's because I'm, I'm seeing the light. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah. How many years did that take you, darling? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> so, yes, I'm, my body has decided that if I go out and drink Uber's, Uber amounts of yerbases and beers and wines and everything like I used to do, um, it t- does take me probably four or five days to recover. So I would actually don't do it that much anymore. A little glass of wine here and there and go out and have a time without getting absolutely blottoed. Not all the time anyway. <laughs> well, I've, we've definitely encountered some uh, some pickled situations, let's say, uh, in our in our friendship over the last five years, <laughs> which has, you know, been a lot of fun. But you're you're right. You do reach a certain point in the game where you do feel like, OK, that's enough now. I've had a good innings. It's been a lot of fun, but it is taking longer to recover as you do get older. And that reset um, requirement gets a little bit, um, that button's getting a little bit sort of cavernous, really, in its hole. <laughs> it, it does. And it's, I suppose it's a bit of realization that I'm getting on in years. And you hear about this when you're younger, if you listen to it and you're younger, you hear about this thing that as you get older, it takes you longer to recover. And you're like, ah, bollocks, that's never going to happen to me. I can drink and go out and party and still be fine with it. But it does catch, it has caught up with me. It doesn't seem to catch up with everyone because there are plenty of old rockers on this island who still go out and hammer it every night and seem to be fine with the whole thing. They look a bit Keith Keith um, Rich, Keith Richards-like, but even Keith Richards has given up drinking. He's into yoga and everything now. So it does seem to get to, to some people more than others, but it has reached the point where I can't do it so much as I, I used to. But I do still enjoy going out occasionally and having a good boogie and a drink. I think actually from just listening to that conversation just there with that response it's like you know Keith even even Keith Richards now I think that, that you have to look at that and I'd say you know Mick Jagger's been sort of clean for a long time and, and walking a very healthy path and I'd say the whole of the Rolling Stones actually are clean and serene these days as they call it and actually the guy I just speaking to in a cafe at Las Dallas was wearing the, a Betty Ford sweatshirt and underneath that was the tagline clean and serene and I said oh have you been to the clinic to get clean and he said oh no this is for a, a, a club night in New York which I thought what? was hilarious but actually again it still alludes to me to the point that actually being clean and and walking the path of wellness is actually very cool these days getting smashed mm. feeling like shit is not that cool anymore it's not a badge of honor as much as it used to be and I do feel that that's possibly what's led to the expansion of the wellness scene here on Ibiza, particularly, and, and and that's why it's growing at a rate of knots. It's you know, mm. have you seen a, a big increase in the walking business here? Uh, yeah, totally. I, and I think with the walking on Ibiza, Ibiza is probably the last, well, it is actually the last untapped island in the Mediterranean for walking. It's very untouched in that way. The the government doesn't put any routes out, or there's no marked paths anywhere. Although they are trying to do something a little little I heard the other day in San Juan. But it's really untapped. There are paths everywhere, but there's no marked route. So it's one of the last and untapped places. So the the increase in people coming here as an island to walk on is increasing a lot. And it is brilliant because people generally that my clientele are not serious walkers. 
They're people who come here and have been partying, have been doing all that in their previous years, and now they've realised, hang on, when I'm not blottoed in that, I need to do something else. And wow, Ibiza's actually a rather beautiful place. I want to go walking. And that's generally my clientele. They're not, they're not professional walkers with all the gear and all that sort of stuff that you see if you go to Mallorca and mainland Spain. And those people just tend to want to walk 100 kilometers an hour and they don't get the idea of stopping and enjoying the actual journey. So my walks are really about enjoying the journey and it being part of the journey. So yeah, a lot more people are coming here to do that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, what, what is it here in Ibiza particularly that makes walking so special? I mean, obviously the nature is astoundingly beautiful and, mm. and you know, it doesn't really matter which way you walk in any particular direction, you're going to find some magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it particularly about here that makes it a little bit unique? It's hard to actually pinpoint it, and I'm obviously biased because I'm from here and bred here and walk here, and I actually don't walk that many other places. I've walked some of the other islands in the Mediterranean, but here it's just, I think what I love doing is people come here and they don't think it's a walking destination, and then you take them out for a walk and they are absolutely mind-blown by the beauty of it and how, how crazily beautiful this island is. You know, and Lots of people say, oh, it's overdeveloped now and there's too many people around here but you can go off in the middle of august here come on a walk and there's you don't see anyone and you can't actually see any houses that have most for most of the west coast so it's absolutely beautiful and i think it's the surprise that people get wow i didn't know ibiza was this beautiful Mm. so so is that you know i mean nobody else is mental enough to go walking in august it's too bloody hot (laughs) a lot a lot of people do and as the years have gone on and I've been doing, I do regular walks in August now. Obviously, we start them normally in the, early in the morning or for sunset. So people really are wanting to walk all year. And when they're booking walks in advance with us, we're sort of saying in July and August, we're reminding them, you do know how hot it is here. And they go, yeah, 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 we'll be fine, we'll be fine. So we advise them to start at 7 or 6 in the morning, which on Ibiza generally doesn't happen. So um, we go there and, and they just, again, are so beautiful to go out for a wonderful early morning walk go for a swim in the sea, get refreshed, and you're back home for your lovely, healthy breakfast by 10 or 11 in the morning. I mean, there's nothing better. What a beautiful way to start the day. It is a beautiful way to start the day. There is absolutely no better way, I think. And I feel mm. like um, I was actually just reading something about um, David Wolf was saying, you know, even just 10 minutes mm. of walking. I think it was actually on your Facebook page that I saw this post about 10 minutes of walking um, oh, just yeah. re- kind of creates little neural pathway in the brain that kind of you know increases happiness and i think you know that's unsurprising really let's be honest movement is medicine we all know that Mm -hmm. um but you know there is something particularly magical obviously having we'll talk about it in a minute about the around the island walk um that happens once you've been walking for a certain amount of time you just get out of your head and into your body and you are definitely thinking less that's for sure about all of the menial crap that stresses us out on a daily basis Mm. all of that stuff goes away you know the phone's possibly less uh, less used unless you're of course um who is that touch? taking photos oh that was well no no, no, no there was that uh, brilliant brilliant man on our round the island walk oh, that was literally at the yes. back on his blower yeah, to time. uh bye 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 sell 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 <laughs> absolutely hilarious and we'll talk about that in a sec but you know there is something magical that happens when you really get into a walk and you're you know you're out there for a long time not just a good time i, I absolutely love these reports that come out by these government agencies and these scientists that they are actually quite a lot that come out now because walking is realized to be such a great thing to do and scientists have spent the last 20 years discovering that walking is good for you and you're like duh you know yeah you know if you go out for a walk it's good for you you don't need scientists to tell you tell you that but it is it has people have become more aware of how great it is because they go out for a, even a 5 or 10 minute walk and they feel better for it mm. you know if you sat at your computer for too long just get up and go for a little walk and your brain clears and all those thoughts come in that you couldn't work you couldn't solve the problems maybe that you were having to write something but you go out for a little 10 minute walk and the, the idea comes to you you know we, we need to get out more in nature and as the the world's progressing or not progressing we're not spending as much time outside and the other huge thing that's suddenly you'll see a lot of it coming up in the next months i expecting is about walking bare feet so there's a lot of thing about grounding and earthing and there's a great book out at the moment because we're never ever in contact with the earth anymore we walk on rubber shoes we walk in the house that's got tiles which are not getting connecting us to earth on a wooden floor so you're not connecting to earth on carpets which are rubber so we're not actually connecting with mother nature anymore and we need to get our bare feet onto the grass and onto the earth because we need the ions and the the atoms to actually heal our bodies and then now there's now scientific proof which again is so obvious 
the, all the illnesses we have, which is all about um, inflammation, you know, like heart disease, all that is all because we're not actually connected with Mother Nature anymore, which is quite a, a huge thing to come out, you know, and it's so simple to solve. Just go and sit on the sit in your chair on the grass for, for half an hour a day and you will feel better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's definitely a valid point for sure. I mean, I do spend, or the time I'm definitely happiest is is the month that I go to India every year mm. and when I'm just walking barefoot on the beach for yeah. maybe three or four hours a day. I mean, yeah. I literally thought it was going to have a hip replacement when I left there last <laughs> time in, at the end of last year. Yeah. I did a lot of, a lot of kilometres, like maybe mm. 20 or 25 a day and it just... Wow. It was incredible. And there is something about, you know, getting your feet um, grounded and connected with, you know, the sand or whatever it is. And there's a lot of that going on here. Uh, yeah. But the hilarity is that Playa de Mbosa is probably one of the most beautiful beaches to walk here. Mm. Therefore, it's certainly one of the longest, yeah. except it's a bit of a no-go zone in the summer. <laughs> well, the, the north, the, the, um, sorry, the, yeah, the southern end of it is actually quite nice. But even so, it can get a bit much. I do agree. And the only time I normally go along for a walk there, if I need cheering up, and I want to go and walk past Bora Bora and just look at the the hilarious. Makes her feel better. Yeah, the shenanigans. <laughs> at least I'm not as bad on. as him. <laughs> True, yeah, but it just it makes me chuckle and laugh to myself walking down there. And of course now you have because there's all the trendy beach bars down there. You also have all the people with the the Botox and the big rubber lips and and all that sort of stuff, thinking they look really sexy, but they don't. Well, and... yes, <laughs> there is that. There's a lot of that going on this island as well, mm. and I think yeah. Um, I think growing old, growing old gracefully is what it's all about, isn't it? And, and as naturally as humanly possible. But, you know, I think going back to that uh, idea of, of getting reconnected and, and regrounded and re-earthed by walking uh, barefoot, but also just just by moving, you know, just by getting into that meditation as movement um, idea, which is obviously something that you provide as a service for a lot of people here. And it, it is an amazing thing, but you can also overwalk a little bit because you did do yourself a little bit um of a mischief didn't you i mean obviously you're walking ridiculous amounts of miles every single day in the summertime and, mm. and you had a little back injury yeah it was i wish it was just a little one but it was weird how the gods or whoever sent me this lesson that i, I was doing all this walking and you think you can't overwalk but actually i realized that you can so i was doing too much of one thing so walking, 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 walking. I was I was crap at stretching, which I now realise is super important. And I actually herniated a disc in my back, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse until I couldn't walk, and then I couldn't move, and then I ended up in an ambulance on the way to hospital, and had to have an operation to to um, remove the little bit of the hernia that was um, touching my spine, my cut my um, spinal cord, and giving me lots and lots of pain, bad little lop. Um, and that was two years ago, about now actually, about this time about two years ago, I was I couldn't move from this sofa. And I can now, and I've learned that too much of anything in life is a bad thing, as we all know. So now I mix my walking up with regular swimming. I'm now a regular yoga um, goer as well, which I absolutely love, which I never thought I would do. I used to... Told you. It's only taken you, God knows <laughs> okay, how many years, to actually yeah. come around to the idea. <laughs> yeah, and it has, but we all have, we're all on our own path, Joe. Can't be forced. <laughs> <laughs> You forced me to do many things in the past, Amy, that really will have to remain unmentionable on this those, podcast. Those were just hills that you had to go over. <laughs> Necessity. Well, that, that's another thing I was going to speak to you about, because I, I think, you know, obviously your company called Walking Ibiza, which we haven't actually mentioned yet about, yeah. uh, you know, precisely what it is that you do here. Obviously, you're a, a walking guide. But um, the reason I wanted you to be the first guest on this podcast was, for me, I felt like um, not only did I meet probably most of my friends that I'm still friends with now in Ibiza on your wonderful community walks on Friday mornings at 10am um, that they're all full of the winter residents like the real people that actually live here so mm -hmm. you know I've got that to be grateful to you for so thank you for that but I think um, one of the wonderful things was that you know at the end of my very first summer here you invited me to come on your very first round the island uh, walk of which there are many more of um, now in your diary every year but um, that for me felt like the time that I really decided to move here forever mm. because I just fell in love with what I'd witnessed over those 12 days. Of course, there was a lot of other <laughs> elements to that walk, but, you know, the actual beauty and the, the staggering kind of beaches and, um, and things that I experienced were the reason I think that I was like, right, that's it. Hook, line and sinker now. I can't, I can't ever leave. Wow. Well, that's, um, yeah, amazing that, just by doing the simple act of walking 
a lot of footsteps on around the island walk but that that gave you the the hook to to get you to move here which is beautiful and that's what walking such a simple act can do you know it's, it's an amazing thing and yeah that first walk that we did around the island back in 2012 wasn't it after i'd walked in 2010 around the island by myself with my infamous one euro i'm sure there's other podcasts so you can listen to that story on we're not going to talk about the one euro story again <laughs> no. i do love it but i've heard it quite a bit so we're yeah. not going to go down that road to just for today yeah. but um you know it's such a life-changing 12 mm. days i mean that sounds like a dramatic statement but for me it changed my life and and i do think it changes people's lives when you go you know walking for 12 days with your food your clothes your water you know it's not something that's necessarily that difficult but you'd never have the balls to do that on your own unless you're like an intrepid explorer in Christopher Columbus like many you know most people wouldn't everyone goes oh well I could just do that on my own actually no a you're going to get lost and b you just wouldn't have it's not as fun as being mm. in a community of people yeah. and being in a group of like-minded people because there's no way I could have got through those 12 days without the other people that were there <laughs> you yeah laugh. I can't stop laughing now Joe it was yeah the first trip that I did with um, with paying clients, if you like, which included you and another I didn't nine. pay. You paid me. Oh, sorry, I paid you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Well, I was making a podcast every yeah. day and I had to carry a laptop I, and recording I do, equipment. I do remember you doing that and thinking, oh my God, she's just done all this walk and then she's going to put a podcast out live that evening. So it was quite an incredible thing you did, including drinking a few bottles of wine and ice and everything else. <laughs> but that was made it a lot of fun as well. Yeah, and the people that came on that walk were, I, I'll never forget everyone in that group, and it was an amazing, amazing group of people, including, um, I won't mention names, I suppose not, but I'm um, including, you know, incredibly overweight people, including a guy that had had a seriously bad car accident and could hardly walk, but he only told me that on the morning of leaving. Held together by pins. Yeah, I've actually seen, just he's just put a little book out now, and I've seen the x-rays, and he has got so many pins in every bone in his body. Just incredible. But what I loved about that walk is that people who were really, really slow because they got pins all through their body or because they were struggling from a health point of view, the other people in the group went and helped. And for me, that, that walk then carried on to all the other walks I now do around the island where you see the beautiful change in the people. And they go from starting off, we, we leave Ibiza town, and they're like, hey, yeah, I can do this, oh, cool. Then the first few hills come, then the second day comes, and they realise, actually, this is way more than just a walk. You know, there's a, a lot more to it psychologically, mentally, health-wise, sleeping in tents and all that sort of stuff. So you see the journey that everyone goes through through it, from laughter to tears to tantrums to getting drunk to coming back up, and then sort of by the end of the route as it goes on, just the whole group comes together, and it happens every single time that by the end... the the root the the group is so bonded together that they um stay friends forever and it's, it's it's so beautiful for me to see and i've now done it now seven times and i never get bored of doing it every time's different i change the route a bit change the place we sleep a bit and or of course the main element the people are always different so it's an incredible journey and it changes their lives they either go back and leave their jobs and go traveling i've actually been blamed for splitting up a few relationships because they've, they've oh <laughs> that sounds juicy bit more info on that bit please <laughs> well they've gone back to their relationship that it wasn't really going anywhere and having done the walk it's given them the balls or the confidence or the reality that why stay in a shitty relationship that they shouldn't be in so they've gone back and left the relationship and then um i've sort of got sometimes a message yeah thanks for splitting up our relationship but then normally a little bit later they're sending me messages saying thank you so much for giving us that the reason or giving the person who went did on the walk to come back and actually do it because they're now both much happier so it's, it's very interesting what happens <laughs> well there's a lot of thinking time a lot of processing time and you know when you're not obviously standing next to and walking alongside someone who you know you're going to end up hearing their life story that's the <laughs> biggest thing that i love about these walks is that you've got a lot of time to talk mm -hmm. and to sort of hear people's story in depth and yep. you know it never gets old really kind of uh, chatting to people <clears throat> on these walks and the kinds of conversations i find mm -hmm. that get brought up on these long charges through nature are quite different i think to the kind of conversation you might have down the pub or over a meal mm -hmm. i don't know why that is or how that is but there is something very different about the kinds of direction conversations take yeah. when walking why is that well the, i've just seen another study which is so obvious again they, and they're calling it parallel walking so when you're walking next to someone parallel you're not actually looking at them and you do walking and you're in nature 
people find it easier to talk. So you know, if you like, we're here now. Very difficult to talk to you now, Joe, because I'm looking at you and surrounded it's, by pussy scary, cats, pussy cats and dogs. <laughs> but if you're walking parallel next to each other, you're not actually having to look the people in the eye. Not because you don't want to, but you, your your mind and everything frees up more, so you're more likely to open up and talk about things you might not normally talk to someone about if you go to the pub or um, around someone's house. And it's now scientifically been proven that, that that's what happens when you go walking. And if you're parallel walking for twelve days. You are going to mix up you and you you don't talk all the time but you're mixing with different people in the group and what i love about it is that when we first sit down and we do the day of initiation for around the island and we all get get together and sit around a table for a, a half a day and get to know each other a little bit before actually leaving on the walk and the human brain which we can't help with it we make assumptions you know you, you look around the group and go oh he's that she's that um she's this and you make the assumptions of what type of person they are and i do it as well it's a human thing we can't help it and then about day six or seven or maybe on day three or four or whatever, suddenly um, in a group share that we do on the walk, suddenly someone opens up and says something about them. And I'm always, every year, it just is incredible. Some, you find something out about someone, what they've been through in their life, um, who they are, what they've done or what they do as a job or what they've helped or done something. And, you know, and there's always a time in a, at some point where everyone's in tears because someone is sharing something so beautiful and amazing and it sounds mm. you know people go well, i'm not coming on a walk to do that but you can't help it it happens part of the process that is definitely yeah one of the most beautiful thing that does happen on the walks is the mm. the kind of gathering around the fire in the evening and the passing of the stick and kind of sharing and i always thought god this is a bit hippie <laughs> bloody i bloody i beat the toby's just yeah. like you know getting his uh mm -hmm. you know his two pence worth in again but actually it was it was incredible to have those moments and i think that's something that we should just do more of in life like rather yeah. than passing a stick around and bottling this stuff up which mm -hmm. we do do as humans and it obviously gets stored yeah. in our bodies that but one, it's sorry one um guy who came on the walks two years ago he's now done it two times he's introduced it to his family so he now Aww. once a week they get together and make sure they have a family dinner, which we know is so important. But they then go round the table and do a share because he was so inspired from doing the doing it during the island walk. Wow, that's yeah. amazing! Yeah. That is cool. a beautiful thing to do, actually. Mm. I, I really, you know, I think if actually that happened in relationships or any kind of community yeah. situations, that there would be a hell of a lot less uh, grief and pain caused. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, to totally. We we don't give people enough space, and without dist without giving them the space without um, interrupting them as well you know which i really do when we do the sharing you know give that person the space no interruptions um some people just say that's it and they pass the stick on especially some people that come for the first time like oh my god i didn't come on a walk to, the, to do this hippy dippy shit and share and talk around a campfire but normally those people i've never had anyone that's done that the whole time normally by about three or day three or four they'll hold the stick and then they'll start saying something and everyone goes yeah <laughs> they're going to share and then they become sometimes the people you can't bloody shut up <laughs> <laughs> bit like me yeah yeah <laughs> oh no i just yeah there is a really lovely side to to all of that but just sleeping under the stars in those ridiculous one man kind of like slug tents really where you have to be about sort of one foot tall to be able to like scramble no, in especially I've, after a, a couple of drinks i've got always... new ones now joe oh you've got new tents yeah yeah, yeah posh ones <laughs> oh wow so we just had to suffer yeah but you suffered with the cheap um ones that were weren't much headroom and now you can actually sit up in them you can't stand up in them. oh the luxuries yeah, the luxury indeed and yeah and of course now the big difference is you had to carry your whole entire um life on your back for the 12 days which was pretty amazing to do and 15 kilos well you're just carrying too much rubbish that was the problem <laughs> <laughs> well just my laptop and, and yeah, all my recording yeah, equipment yeah. for you yeah but i do remember one girl on that walk whose birthday it is today actually who was we couldn't get her bag light and I was weighing everyone's bag before we left and I went and weighed a bag again after telling her to go and get rid of five kilos and she was going I can't I can't so I went back and weighed it and it was super heavy still and I said what have you got on your bag I'm going to go through it or you're going to get some stuff out of it so she said okay you have a look through it and I went put I opened the bag up and there's three like 250 millimeter milliliter glass jars of shampoo and conditioner 
That was really. Oh my god. Yeah, we, won't, we won't name any names, no. but I'm going to take her to town over that actually yeah. when I attend her birthday lunch yeah. shortly. Oh god, I glass jars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the heaviest possible shampoo glass jars you could ever think of. So rather funny. <laughs> what was the most challenging situation you faced on a walk? I mean, I, I like to um, tease you sometimes when we're out walking and say, you know, you should name the company what Climbing Ibiza because I've done a hell of a lot of rock climbing with you on these walks and they're not, you know, just a simple stroll um, up the road through the, the beautiful fields. There's a lot of uh, clambering. There's ropes um, sometimes required on, on the walk just last week. We were mm. pretty much abseiling down to uh, the cave of light, as you've called we it. Did, yeah. um, so, so just tell us, uh, have you ever kind of been in a situation where you thought, Christ, I probably shouldn't have brought them, brought them here? Uh, it was actually probably the one situation I thought that I shouldn't have done was on the last round the island, which was in October. So I had an amazing group of people. They're actually all a pretty fit group. A few of them were scared of heights. And there's one section on the northwest coast. And I offered the group, because they were good few athlete, athletic people as well and some good strong guys, I offered them the option on a day to do this bit where you have to clamber down quite serious roping. We haven't actually done the walk together. And you have to clamber along this tiny little ledge with the sea bashing 100 metres below you. And if you happen to slip, you're, you're a gonger, really. And I offered it to the group. And I, I had um, only done the ropes the opposite way. I'd never done the way we were coming, but I thought it'd be absolutely fine. So some of the group decided not to do it, and they did, did another route and met us at the end. But about halfway down this route, I was thinking, holy shit, I shouldn't have actually brought anyone here. And everyone on that, at some moment in this rope descent and ledge thing, they all had a breakdown at some point. So girls sh- shaking, legs going, crying, saying, I can't do this, I can't carry on. Um, even guys going, I can't do this. I can't. I can't. I'm stuck here. I can't move. So I was. Oh I, God, I, I, so I, was I was having to clamber back and forward along this ledge with this rope um, to help people along. Literally get behind them and, and give them the confidence and say, just move one millimeter at a time to get along this ledge. And what should have taken about an hour actually took us five hours. Five hours. I'm surprised there wasn't a helicopter sent out for you. It was almost getting to that point, and the people that were waiting for us, at the, uh, they went forward away to the bar. And I said, it would be about two hours. We got there, and they were all absolutely shit-faced because they'd been waiting so long. <laughs> well, they probably needed a stiff drink as well to cope with the high drama. Yeah. Well, they were only following us on a tracker. There was no phone signal where we were, so they were following us on the tracker, and they said, we, you got to a certain point and just didn't move for ages, so we were actually getting worried about you. We didn't, they, they didn't obviously know where we were, what we were doing. But um, they were following on the tracker saying, if we didn't actually hear from you for a while, we were going to call out the services. But not required, but that was probably one ledge I've done too far with a group and in fact I've heard from a few of them that, that have said you shouldn't have taken us there but of course I've never told anyone that because at the time it was like oh, I've done this loads of times it's easy fine oh my god <laughs> and so what you know where do you get the confidence to take people on that type of challenging walk because that does take you know a reasonable pair of balls to go yeah do you know what they'll be fine I can handle this this is no big deal what did you used to do before you were a walking guide I mean obviously this is a business that's been launched in the last sort of five six years mm. what, what you know what's your background uh, very boring, actually. I was in England. I've been living back on Ibiza after growing up with my childhood here. Then went back to England and did all that sort of stuff. And I've been back here now um, nine years. But in England, I had a, uh, or I was managing director of a company that sold big industrial pumps. So a million miles from what I do now. But I was going around. You know, I was basically a, a technical sales guy, so you'd go around and spec up pumps and go to treatment works and oil um, processing plants and anything dirty shitty and horrible that's where i was selling pumps to i've always thought that about you the big the big dirty pumper yeah that's right that should be your new title please don't repeat that one too much so you came to obitha obviously and then this kind of walking company but you know what's what's the kind of motivation behind the walking thing i mean it's obviously a a passion and a Mm. you know something that you love to do personally for yourself yeah it, it started by me not knowing what i actually wanted to do here and then I started walking with, in the infamous one euro story that you can hear about another time. And <laughs> then the passion grew from that, that I, I was actually saying that I'm not a born person to walk. You know, there's plenty of, I've got plenty of guides that can go out and walk way further than me and way faster than me. And they're super good. Um, I feel like my, I've, I've done it in reverse. So my passion is Ibiza and I love showing people Ibiza. 
and it happens to be my modality to do that is by taking them walking and I'm now super passionate about walking but I don't particularly walk anywhere else I don't go off on walking holidays on Mount Everest or the Himalayas or anything it is my, my passion is a be through and now I'm sort of going across to Formentera and I'm doing Minorca shortly Ooh, slight me. digestive yes. uh, <laughs> situ there so yeah I think thinking about it my passions come that I I want to show people Ibiza that's my passion and by and the modality of taking them walking enables me to do that in a beautiful way gets them to see the sights I love telling people about everything from the flowers and the edible asparagus and plants and all the things you can eat to the animals to the history and that's is sort of the modality that I've I'm using for the walking so and that's where it came from so I'm not out there I didn't I never in my mind thought I'm going to set up a walking company to make money I've never done that and I've never done it for money and now I earn an okay living living from it which is absolutely incredible I never thought it would come to that because I never did it with that in mind and when you look at most successful businesses they all started that way you know and isn't it Richard Branson that says all of his businesses he's got if he doesn't if he stops enjoying doing something he gets rid of it and stops doing it so the day that I stop enjoying taking people walking and stop um, just getting so much from taking people and loving it that I'll just give up and stop. I think the thing about running the type of business that that you do and, and similar um, with me as well, I obviously teach yoga and run yoga retreats, mm. but it's like the people is what mm. make it. And yeah. once you get, um, even if it's just for a day or I'm just teaching someone privately or, you know, you get to know that person a little bit and it's, I think it's the cross section of of people that you meet on this island that make it what it is and and there's just there's you know i mean the biggest surprises can come here in ibiza whether it's a famous person or whether it's um <clears throat> someone that's obviously very rich or just someone who's a complete hippie or just completely bonkers and bizarre and <laughs> mental and hilarious mm. uh, there's a lot of that that happens here and and that's why i personally love it but i'm assuming obviously you've got even mm. more time to actually walk and talk and, and get to know them a little bit more and mm. tell us you know what's the most interesting person you've met oh interest you of course joe <laughs> apart from me darling <laughs> oh i'd love we should just do a podcast on joe's walk around the island for 12 days i, and, I and think we should the stories and there's, a, you could there's persuade a book me to come again there's a book in that there's a book in there as well I suppose, as you were just saying, that we're blessed on Ibiza and whatever business you're in on Ibiza, you're going to get chucked a whole array of different people, like people that you are so famous you can't believe that you're going out for a walk with them or doing yoga with them, whatever, and you're like going, actually... And at the beginning when that started happening, I'd be a bit of a nervous wreck and really nervous and go, oh my God, this is the person off television or the film or something. And then I've realised now that they're just, they're just all normal people and actually all they want to do is go out for a walk. And I don't watch telly, I don't have a telly or anything like that now, so I actually don't know most of them anymore. Obviously, the big film stars I know. So quite often I'll be walking with someone and I'm sort of saying, oh, well, what do you do? And they look at me like I'm a fucking alien. So, so don't you know who I am? And then they go, oh, I'm in telly. I go, oh, yeah, cool. I don't actually have a telly, so I don't know what you do. And then they love telling you what they do because they realise they don't know me. And so I've got some, I've had some quite interesting conversations with people that thought I should know them that um, I didn't know, but then now I do know them because I then go back and watch something on YouTube about them. Who? Go on, do a bit of name dropping. I a bit of name dropping in Ibiza. I better not because I'll get me head chopped off. Oh, oh wow, <laughs> okay. That sounds a bit scary. That doesn't sound like well, an actor. That sounds well, like a mafia member. Well, a few of them um, were, that, were, were that sort of way as well. Sorry, the cat's nicking the lead again. <laughs> <laughs> well, um so you can't tell us any of the famous people that you've uh, that you've had on your walks, really. Mm, I can probably tell you the the um, I did a walk for the Abramoviches a couple of years ago, and that was really quite amazing because we were told who it was beforehand, and of course you think Abramovich is one of the richest people in the world, and we took them on a walk. They asked for a hard walk, so we took them on quite a difficult walk, and they came off their stupidly big um, floating island that they call their super yacht. And they came across with five security guards, which were obviously armed. And we're walking along, and their daughter was there. Super, the daughter's super, super nice. They're I all hope super you didn't nice. flirt with her. <laughs> She's actually very gorgeous. I was going to say, you could get into a lot of trouble. But her boyfriend was there. Okay. And um, we're walking along, and I'm saying, okay, coming up here, there's a bit of a ledge, so, so be, watch your footing. And I suddenly had this thought that if something happened to 
one of these people, I probably would be killed. Oh, you'd be taken out. There's yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. So at that point, I finally thought, shit, yeah, I better be. I'm really hope that nothing happens. And if something does happen, I was already um, working out my escape plan to go and live on some <laughs> other little desert or little cave that I know somewhere to hide there and, and never get found by. Well, the lucky news is that there's a few of those on a beta. <laughs> yeah, there are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one down by Atlantis, maybe. Yeah, that's a bit too, bit too public, that one, but um, yeah. <laughs> does make things a bit challenging somehow in, in forming those kind of long-lasting relationships and friendships and being and staying grounded because you can get quite caught up in this momentary passing of, of fun and games with someone mm-hmm. or you know something but um I think you know staying kind of in the flow of like being uh, a bit more normal I guess in Ibiza is, is quite a challenge and that is exactly why yeah. I called this podcast the reset rebel for people that have found this island through that sort of partying vibe but of, of you know a walking a new path in life which is obviously what you're doing with the walking business and things mm-hmm. have changed quite dramatically and would you say that the walking kind of keeps you more grounded in in your everyday life and you know just generally yeah definitely if i now in the winter i'm probably only walking once or twice a week with groups and then i do other walks by myself but i find say today we're actually doing this interview and it's peeing down with rain so i won't be doing a walk today but you, I do sort of, um, I get withdrawal symptoms if I don't go out for a walk. And then you start, start to think, is that because I'm not grounded because I'm sitting inside wearing shoes and slippers and things? Mm-hmm. So you start to think, oh, if this was a scientific study, is it because I'm not grounded and not going outside and walking in nature and breathing and all the lovely fresh air? So for me, it's, it's definitely my, my reset. Like the link there, see? <laughs> the reset button. The reset button. To definitely go out and then in the summer when I get a chance then in the summer I do walking and kayaking and for me that is the perfect um, mix because you're getting grounded in the day by walking and then in, in the evenings I do a kayak most e- kayak trip most evenings so I'm getting in the sea um, and getting to all the different elements and for me that is the most beautiful day walk in the morning kayak in the evening sunset wow it's just incredible so so simple again you, know, you haven't got to do or spend a lot of money to do these beautiful things and a beef has become this place where people think it's so expensive here and yes you can come here and spend an absolute bloody fortune if you want thousands upon thousands upon thousands but there are so many cheap things to do here as well and coming walking with me is one of those things 10 euro donation on the walks you get out four or five hours meet amazing people get to see somewhere where you wouldn't see otherwise then come kayaking with me as well and you just get beautiful beautiful side of the island that most people don't see I think it, you know, it does feel good to get off of the island in in the, in the peak summertime as well. And I found that last year by getting hold of a stand up paddleboard, which I've I've been going out on a lot with some friends. And you know, there's something very not grounding, but in a different way to get out in that water element and to get off the island feels mm-hmm. like just to float around and and kind of soak up that water mm-hmm. element is it's amazing. It's really amazing to do that. So the kayaking is obviously in the same vein and you do these incredible kayaks on Sundays at Benaras don't you as well mm. in the summertime which is a place where all the hippies go and um, form a big drumming circle on Sundays and that's mm-hmm. like one of the most amazing things to go and do on the island if you want to kind of check out um, just a really good vibe yeah Benaras has become infamous for the bongo people doing bongo drumming started out with one or two people doing it years ago and now it's become this thing where on a Sunday, you have to get a bus down to it now, and people are going, oh, it's all gone commercial and all crap. And you go down there, and there are two to 3,000 people on this beach with maybe 50 to 100 people bongo drumming. And I still think it is one of the most amazing things to go and experience, just that the beat of those drums, and people go, oh, they're not in sync, and oh, they're not playing it properly. It doesn't bloody matter. People go and take their own drums there that maybe don't, don't do it normally in a group. And they just bongo drumming for the hell of it. And I just think it's the energy from all that drumming is, is incredible. I love doing it. It's brilliant. And when we do it, we come in by kayak. And then you hear the drums as you're coming in by sea and it gets louder and louder and louder. And the vibe is just brilliant. And of course, it's, you get a lot of the hippies down there and a lot of drugs and pot and stuff. So it's, it's oh, a bit of, it's a bit of the hippies. old <laughs> <laughs> You're going to um, very kindly give away uh, a place on on one of the um, sort of uh, events that's going on this year because one of the points of the Reset Rebel is to open up the retreats and the reset um, tools that we have at our fingertips on this island. And it's really, really, really kind of you and generous (laughs) (laughs) of you to give away one of these spaces, Toby. (laughs) 
yeah, I've made a decision and Joe, you've supported me in everything I've been doing for the last six years, seven, six years, something like that. And you did the podcasts and you've always been um, a great fan of the walks and supporting me along the way. I love what you do and I'd like to support what you do as well. See, I'm actually going to give away one of the places on the October around the island trip. So, are you serious? Yeah. You said that you'd let me know which one it's going to be at the end. <laughs> that's so exciting. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's something that's it has crossed my mind actually a few years ago. It hasn't come up in the last few years that I'd like to give give a place to someone who can't afford it or is in a bad way in their lives at the moment or in a bad place or whatever whatever it is on, on their journey in their life that they're not in a very good place. Because I really believe that walking can really heal people so whoever gets the place for whatever reason they get it for i believe that it can be life-changing for them and if i can just help one person to reset their lives and press the reset button then i'd lo- I'd love to do that and i'm very happy to give a place away to someone who needs it i'm having a bit of a moment over here <laughs> i actually felt little little tears um and that's just that's an incredible gift thank you that's mm. really really generous of you and as we said before it is not only is it a lot of fun and an incredible way to see the island, it is a life-changing experience. And yeah. that, for someone, will be mm-hmm. an unbelievable, you know, game-changer. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it leads me on to my final question, which I think is something we're going to ask everybody that comes on this show. It's like, there's two buttons in life. There's the reset button and the fuck it button. And I just wanted to ask you what those buttons are for you. Um, which one do you want me to start with? Uh, well, I guess the fuck it usually comes yeah, first, and then after yeah. that you need a reset, so yeah. hit us. Uh, the fuck it probably doesn't really come much into my mind these days, but I suppose in previous times it would have been, fuck it, let's go out and get pissed. And <laughs> and I've done that quite a few times in my life, as I think you have as well, Joe. Yep. Thank you so much for reminding me. <laughs> and yeah, it would just be... It's, it's weird how... Um, an anchor or a vice like alcohol or drugs or smoking or whatever is used for both when th- times are fucking great and times are fucking shit. So you reach for the drink when you're having a shit time, but you also reach for the drink when you're having a great time, which is why it's so such a weird vice, I suppose. So yeah, so if life wasn't going so well, or life was going very well, I would go, fuck it, let's go out and celebrate. Or if life wasn't going well, let's go out and um, drown the sorrows, as they say. And I've done that. Uh, many times through my life mainly more in the happy side of things and the sorrow side of things mm-hmm. but it's yeah and I've probably gone over the, over the top on a few occasions fallen down on a few occasions <laughs> lost my way on a few occasions but but always luckily I'm still here luckily you are I'm very glad about that <laughs> very very glad uh, that's interesting though when you say that you reach for it in good times and bad times and now you're kind of a little bit done with it so is there more of an awareness now when you probably were going to have that fuck it moment of like, ah, normally I'd have a big, you know, bottle of red wine right now, but maybe you're going to do something else instead because that's not really your cup of tea now. Yeah, I don't know if it's is linked to that, that only in the last year I've started, I'm definitely not drinking as much as I used to. And I'd have, you know, on a Friday night, Saturday night, I'd have half a bottle of wine at home or a bottle of wine at home. And I find that if I'm, as I'm not drinking, I don't get the need to fuck it so much. So I don't know if that's linked at all, <laughs> but I feel that, and I, I know that I'm not going to feel as good the next day because I think that the big pisser with becoming healthy is when you go um, slightly off, even have two glasses of wine, it really affects you. And it's actually, I find it's easier in life to be unhealthy than it is to be healthy. Of course, that's why most people are unhealthy. So now if I do something unhealthy, it really affects me. And if I, I can sometimes have one beer or one wine and the next day I wake up and I can feel that I've had it which is ridiculous when I used to drink 10 beers mm. and wake up and I'd feel better than I did I'd feel better than I did then than I did now after one beer so it's it's a strange thing and I think the more that you feel good the less you want to or the less you reach and do the fuck it button yeah, I mean, mm, once you start to feel good, I think you just want to feel good all the time. And I think that is our primary purpose of all the kind of, you know, wellness tools that we do give out on this island is, you know, for me with my yoga, it's definitely about my primary purpose when someone comes on a retreat is to spit them out the other end of that week, knowing that they feel amazing and that for me is the biggest gift and that's why yeah. I do what I do. And obviously, that's exactly why you do what you do to a certain degree. 
Totally, yeah. Even if I'm just going to do a one-hour walk with a group of people or someone, I want to give them as much as I can within that hour and I sort of condense it all down if I'm only going to see them once. And I sort of feel into the person as well to think, see what they're, what they're interested in and um, make it make it work, make the walks work to suit the person. So it's lovely even knowing in just a short one-hour walk or whether it's the full 12-day walk around the island that people always feel incredible incredible after it. They always go away smiling, more more detoxed in their minds and that, more clearer-headed than that. So it's it's a very, i come back to it again, very simple, but it, it really does work. And it is lovely to see the person's transformation, whether it's in a one-hour or 12, a 12-day trip. It's lovely. Well, <laughs> if anyone wants to come and spend a week with this man, now is your moment to, uh, to, to write to us at just the good news please at gmail.com and we're going to get those um, applications in for that walk around the island in October and we're going to work out who would be the best fit to come on this um, magical mystery tour <laughs> of Ibiza for 12 days and um, Toby I, yeah thank you so much for donating that that really just actually means quite a lot to me without getting all cheesy and embarrassing on the end of this <laughs> podcast so thank you so much for joining us here on the Reset Rebel Okay, no, thank you very much. Been a pleasure as always, and I'm really excited about whoever does come on the trip that is chosen, or they choose, probably they choose to to join the trip, and I trust that they'll be the right fit. <laughs> nice ending there, do you get that? <laughs> Are there any big ledgers around here? <laughs>